And we are back to talk about the newest Star Wars show, Ahsoka. Preston, I have a very spicy take off the bat about Ahsoka. Oh, are you ready really? for this? Oh, really? Okay. Now, now here's here's the thing. Preface everybody before this. Okay. Um, Carmine and I are both Star Wars fans, but Carmine w- was very into rogues um, and a lot of expanded universe kind of stuff. Um, and I am kind of just into the the uh, the main series though i have read some ex- you know extended universe um stuff um mm-hmm. uh, pro- probably some of the like weird ones that carmine hasn't but like uh um but he's very familiar with rogues and clone wars and things like that and so i can't tell if you're I doing that not... on purpose it, by the way it's called rebels no but i'm just saying i'm just saying if... oh, i'm sorry rebels Yes. <laughs> Rogue sounds cooler, but you you like it when I get things like purposely wrong. No, I I've told you the old story of like going to a guy's birthday party and like mm-hmm. he's 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 watching he's watching Revenge of the Sith and I'm like, "Oh, this is the one where they go back in time and save the whales, right?" And he gets really pissed. And it's like, "Come on. You got to be like you have to be like in on the on the nerd jokes to, you know, anyway. But yes, not rogues, rebels. Um, I, I was taking the piss out of you, but yes. Um, but yeah, you have watched Rebels. I have not. I've mm-hmm. you've watched Clone Wars. I have not. So you are, um, you are approaching a you are approaching um, Rebels season five differently than I am, <laughs> right? Yes, and I have like the spiciest of takes. <laughs> I like so- the joke is the joke is, is is that Ahsoka is Rebel season five. Yeah, essentially, yeah. No, no, that's 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 essentially true. But the spiciest of takes is that regardless of how this turns out, it will be competing perpetually with every other show for the number two slot because the number one slot of Star Wars shows will always belong to Andor season one. It's just well, that's true. That yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's hard. It's, it's hard to. I mean, yeah. And and a lot of people have a lot of people, you know, Mandalorian is for them. It's it's not exactly for me, but um, you know, like, but uh, I think a lot of people are going to be comparing it to Mandalorian. But um, but yeah, it's 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 not it's not Andor. <laughs> well, Let's start there's a there, reason. Okay? There's there's a reason why it can yeah. never be like Andor. It's because we're only getting eight episodes, and I don't think there's enough yeah. episodes. For it to have that Andor treatment. Because Andor, if you think about Andor like this, I was explaining this to somebody. Um, Andor has no episodes wasted. There is no episode in Andor you should skip or wasted time. Right. You compare that to Kenobi, there was a couple of things they could have cut out. They could have trimmed the fat on that one. The The Inquisitorious oh, yeah, base absolutely. episode, that could have been skipped over completely. Well, I mean, I, I I think I've nailed down why Andor is good and and why Ahsoka is not at Andor level. Um, we we can't say that yet. It's only two episodes. It's only two episodes, but I can kind of tell. Um, <laughs> the the, however, I am coming from it from like like I am not getting all of the continuity porn. And sitting there going, oh, man, oh, oh, this, oh, my gosh, this is a reference to the the Grand Inquisitor number eight. This is a reference to, you know, oh, we're finally going to know what happens to Ezra, you know, like this kind of stuff. Like none of that means anything to me. 
I'm just mm-hmm. like I'm going in fresh and 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 examining the story as it is. At the same time, I'm also not biased in the sense that I'm not sitting there going, "Oh my god, the 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 cartoon was better. This the character was better there, and they've ruined them." I'm, I'm I don't have that opinion either. So like I can I can look at stuff a uh, uh, you know a little less biased. Um, while no one should have that. Op- well, no one should have that opinion because the it's the same guy who wrote both, both the guy who wrote Rebels, same guy who wrote Ahsoka. So it's like the same guy. They all the characters act like they would in their cartoon counterparts. So no one should have that. Take. Do that. That would be, yes. Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So so everybody like so you're saying that fundamentally like Ahsoka, Sabine, and Hera are the same as their cartoon counterparts and how they act more or less. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Okay. Okay. All right. And, uh, All right, fair enough. Yeah, no. Um, here's another spicy take. I'm think you'll agree with me on this one. I loved both episodes, but the show should not have been called Ahsoka. And I'll tell you why at the end of mm. the day, I think you'll agree with me on this. At the end of the day, she's kind of a boring character to really be the main lead. She's the worst. I was I was going to say the same thing that like first of all the 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 show I like the villains, but the show really began with for me when Sabine is introduced. Yeah. You know, like like she has personality, there's conflict. You know, like you start out so like fundamentally with like story writing, right? There's usually an ins like in order to introduce a character, they usually have a short mini adventure that that introduces you to what this character more or less is and makes you like this character immediately. Okay, so the the classic example of this is take Raiders of the Lost Ark. You've got your little mini adventure at the beginning of beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark where you find out everything you need to know about Indiana Jones. That he's this adventuring guy who who is rough, you know rough and you know deals with tragedy, and then he meets you know his villain. And he's got this rivalry and that's all you need to know, like is in that little beginning introduction for the rest of the movie. And that, that's how it goes. There, there, there must be like a little mini story that tells you who that character is. So with Sabine, um, right at the beginning, they're trying to give her an award and she skips the award ceremony to go riding. And then they try to stop her. And she does this incredibly risky maneuver in order to to not get caught. And this tells me everything I need to know about the about the the character, right? That that she is she is a loose cannon. She doesn't care about recognition, or she doesn't feel her mission has been complete because apparently this Ezra character is not around and not rescued. And and so like that, she is the character who has the personality. Um, for me in the show everyone else is pretty dull um there's there's a little subtle performance with that droid you know a little subtle performance with hera Ah, uh, ahsoka is is qui-gon jinn 2.0 she is the worst. i was gonna say that so like <laughs> oh like i said i at the end of the day she's kind of boring she's 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 kind of a boring character to really be the main lead. She's stoic, she's quiet, she's rigid, and just overall better at being the mentor side character that shows up to help Mm. out, and we don't see her again for a while. That's the role she played in Rebels. That's what she kind of did in Mandalorian, and it really worked there. 
It, this is also why, completely random, this is also why you can't really have a Halo film. Because just like Master Chief, Ahsoka is stoic, quiet, and they're not really quippy like Spider-Man or Nathan Fillion would be, where the main character is a treat to listen to and you enjoy the dialogue there. Ahsoka is just not that. She, like you said, is Qui-Gon Jinn, which is a natural development for the character because in Clone Wars, we actually see her grow up. And in Clone Wars, of course, when she was younger, she was more lively, she had more things to say, uh, she had more dialogue to give out. Here in this show, even though she is the titular character, it seems like the emotional baggage needs to be carried by everybody else around her. And, you know, same thing with the Master Chief movie, if they did it faithfully, um, the side characters would have to carry that. The main character, not so much. They would have to stay to their true, quiet, calm, collective personalities, which is not really that engaging for most of the audience. You just need less, you need less time on her. Yeah. And, and fundamentally, like, for, for dialogue to work, um, there needs to be conflict in the dialogue, you know, like, you know, usually when you have dialogue, two characters are trying to get different things and there's conflict. And that's that's the play uh, going on is that two people don't see eye to eye. Um, and most of these scenes, the characters are seeing eye to eye and, and it's exposition at that point. And I'm talking like among the villains, among the heroes the, there's not much conflict until, I mean, you're supposed to have this like conflict between Ahsoka and Sabine, but I'm, you're we're kind of shaky on what exactly that conflict is. Even you know, I'm shaky. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that. Even <laughs> yeah. I'm shaky on it because it doesn't make any sense. And I'm going to compare two ice and fire characters. So you understand. So, so like okay. the audience could understand, right? So, okay. So th this is so dumb. I guess another spicy take. It shouldn't be spicy. Ahsoka as Sabine's master is the most random fucking thing ever. And I'll tell you why. In Rebels, huh. they barely had any interactions with each other in the show. It's a random ass pull of a plot line to give us tension between our two main leads. It would be like if Arya in the time skip for Winds of Winter or Dream of Spring became the Blackfish's apprentice. Like, why? Yeah, just be like, what? Their family, I sure, see. they know of each other, I'm sure, but there's no connection there that I even make any sense, and it wasn't even set up. Is, is Sabine even, I mean, is she Force-sensitive? No. That's really weird. Yeah, that's really weird. For, for her to, like, like randomly I mean, go up to Ahsoka and say, hey, can I be your apprentice? And Ahsoka going, sure. That, like, there was no setup to that, and we don't get to see any of it, just the fallout of it. Because we, because of what we mentioned earlier about how Ahsoka is stoic and all this, Ahsoka does yeah, need yeah. that one side character to carry that that um, to have the emotional baggage to carry, and that's Sabine, who, by the way, huh. is Mandalorian. Um, I know some people probably have Mandalorian fatigue. I kind of get that, but this is how it was in in like the. I mean, my show. my my hope is that at all times it's we just have mandalorians with lightsabers flying about that's 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 essentially just what i want out of my star wars well um take <laughs> that actually did happen in the show she at one oh, point God. sabine did have the dark saber <laughs> and oh, uh yeah oh <laughs> this, this also presents a, a problem with with ahsoka because the only character that could have given ahsoka any emotional depth 
is Anakin slash Vader, and this is right. return a post Return of the Jedi, so Vader's dead. That means anyone and everyone around her will carry that baggage, and she'll just be doing the fighting and looking cool. Not that I have a problem with that. I just find it weird they call the show Ahsoka when it really should have been something else. Right? Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. Like the fighting scenes are are impressive. They're well directed. Uh, so so let let. Oh. I'll start with some pluses, okay? Mm. This show is much better directed than Mandalorian. I don't think it's as well directed as Andor, but it's much better directed than Mandalorian. It's much better acted than Mandalorian. It's not as well acted as Andor, but it's much better acted than Mandalorian. Um, So we do have, it has horrible pacing, like and horrible dialogue pacing. I started counting like the number, like it, it got really like I was about halfway through the first episode, and then I was like, "Man, there's huge pauses between dialogue." And then I started counting, like seconds, because I was like, "Is it just me? I'm just imagining it." And it's seriously, it's like line delivered: one, two, three, four, five. Ahsoka answers: one, two. And I was like, oh my God, this is really slow. Um, it's not so bad in the second episode, but I was like, wow, what is with this dead space? It's the it's like the exact opposite of of like the West Wing or Gilmore Girls, where 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 like dialogue is like too fast. The dialogue's too slow. Like people are talking <laughs> really slowly, especially mm-hmm. in that first episode. Um and I think maybe it's better in the second episode because I think the the actress that plays Hera is 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 very good and she she was given more screen time. Um, Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead, who's married to the Obi Wan Kenobi actor. Really, mm-hmm. that huh. Star Wars connection. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, well, they can put on some put on some makeup and. Um, <laughs> Um, which actor? Like, you're not talking about Ian McGregor. You're talking about the voice actor for for Obi Wan in the show. No, no, Ian McGregor. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. And uh, but so so just there are those praises at the beginning. The fight scenes are very good. The in fact, the fight scenes probably are some of the best fight scenes that I've seen in Star Wars. Um. The, the acting is, yeah, it's not Andor. I think Rosario Dawson has made a, this is the same with like my Amelia Clark complaint. Like, I know these are good actors, but they've made a bad choice in choosing to play a character stoic. <laughs> you know, like, um, it's like with Daenerys, like being stoic all the time. Ahsoka sucks being stoic. It's just ridiculous. Um, and so I just, it doesn't feel like there's much conflict between the characters. There's not, there's not much reason for them to talk. And I don't feel, I don't feel like they've been friends for many years. I don't feel like there's any banter. Well, well, well that's the thing there. They weren't really friends. So the way Ahsoka's role in Rebels was, is that she was this person kind of hidden in the, in the, in the shadows known as Fulcrum giving like all these rebel cells, all this information. She appears mm. very sparingly. And one of the very okay. few appearances she has is in the rebels season two finale, which I have to say, I'll, I'll say this for the people who know they know 
Rebels Season 2 finale, Twilight of the Apprentice, is one of the best pieces of Star Wars animated stuff ever. She appears in it, and towards the end, she has a showdown with Darth Vader. It's super cool. Um, and there's a lot of emotion there. But she doesn't really have too, too big of a connection with the Rebels crew. She shows up maybe two or three times, two or three episodes in all of Rebels, and it has like over fifty episodes. So I see, I see. So the Re- the Rebels is mainly more about Sabine and Hera and and this Ezra character and uh, uh, Zeb, the purple alien thing we see talking to the the guy from uh, uh, what's that thing? What's that show you like? Convenience, Mark's Convenience. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, oh, uh, uh, Kim's Convenience. Kim's Convenience, that purple alien guy we got a brief cameo of, and this other man, oh. Kanan, who's Hera's husband. He was a Jedi. They have a kid. I think the kid might show oh. up. Okay, okay, okay. Um, okay. Uh, now, by the way, that mural on the wall, um, did they have to do it in, in like that animation style? They couldn't have painted the mural <laughs> in any other style. That looked horrible. <laughs> You know what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like it was because the mural mm. was the is the mural in the same animation style as the show, or am I just like Nope, same, it, same just, as the show. Oh my god. That's that's that that's tacky as shit. Uh yeah. The last five minutes of Star Wars Rebels actually is a massive time skip. The first two episodes of Ahsoka take place before the last five minutes of Rebels, and the last three minutes of Episode 2 of Ahsoka is a one-to-one shot recreation of the last five minutes of Rebels, where Sabine cut her hair, she's looking at the mural, she looks back, and Ahsoka is there. And I would argue, you you can watch all this on YouTube, by the way, I would argue the last five minutes of Rebels did it better than this show did. Because for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, Star Wars is afraid to use the Star Wars fanfare and music that we all know and love in their shows. Yeah. I was kind of waiting for Binary Sunset to like come on all the time, and it's just not. I, okay. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, that's all very. This is all very, very weird then to me. Like, it. I. I. I feel like the show. Um, it, it's certainly more complicated with lore wise than than Mandalorian. Like I, you know, I can tell that there's a lot more backstory to all of these characters, and that a lot of stuff has happened. But despite all of that happening, there's not like a rich there's not rich conflict. I don't feel that there's like actual baggage or history. And as you're saying, you're like, well, because like, the characters that didn't actually like interact, and I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, like that's weird. Instead, they invented this other this this off screen conflict that that's kind of weird between Sabine and 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 Ahsoka. But because they're both, yeah. I guess, very stubborn. That that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I, I think the reason they made the Master and Apprentice and then not anymore is to have this like tension and you know all this to have some sort of conflict yeah to have right. some cuz it's cuz it seems to be the only conflict between the characters is that and um which you know i it seems like i it seems to be a good choice i know that you're probably annoyed that it like happened off screen and seems weird but it's the only conflict between the characters so like 
I like that they've added it because what else would they have? It would be a bunch of like boring people hanging out together. I will say the the one thing I I, I fucking love about this show because I because despite well, all what we're saying, I actually really did like it, and I'm glad Disney's mm. doing the thing because I, I always say this every time with like whether it's Star Wars or Marvel. I think Disney should start putting out the two episode premiere and they did it with this and it really worked here. I think the potential for Ahsoka is so high and I don't know about you, but this, the stakes feel movie level, not television show level because everything. Oh, in Mando, they, they, I mean, this does like, I'm not quite, well, we'll get to, we'll get to like the stakes, but you're right that they seem very, very high because uh, we're dealing with something very very new and unique and it's it's it, thank god it's not a planet destroying like weapon <laughs> thank yet. god it's something we, we else no. I, i'm, I'm yeah. not gonna i'm not gonna hold my breath on that we'll see we'll see how they do this but um no it, like this doesn't feel like the plot of a, of a tv show where you know guy is trying to wrangle the underworld from you know the grips of Tatooine's most wanted, or guy is going around looking for a safe place for a little green kid in a, in a sector. This feels like a galaxy wide threat, and we have to talk about this. We talk about it every time in every Marvel show. Whenever something crazy goes down, we have to bring it up here, and we got to talk about it here. Thrawn is an Avengers level threat. Where are the Avengers? Where's Han, Luke, Leia, Lando, Chewie? Where are the Avengers? Where are these guys to come out here and handle this situation? Why is it just these people? This is a New Republic-level threat. Those guys were part of constructing well, the New yeah, Republic. Yeah, Where yeah, are well, they? Yeah, it's true. That's true. But the, th- the thing is, is like, yes, they have Thrawn, but then they seem to have this other thing going on. You know, the, the, the intergalaxy portal transportation system thing, which seems like big enough on its own that you didn't, you didn't need Thrawn. Expand on that. Well, okay. Um, and so I know that in various and this, in various, uh, Star Wars media, there have been extra galactic threats to the Star Wars universe. Essentially when, when the story was like, dude, we we've, we've done rebels versus empire to death. We can't keep having them fight each other. But at the same time, the, the Star Wars must go on. And therefore, like an, an, extra, an extra galactic threat will come in and, and they'll start fighting them. And this has happened in several of, of the, the uh, extended universe like media that, that, a, that an alien race from another galaxy comes in and they have to fight them. Um, and so... I mean, I think this happened in the original Marvel comics. I think this happened in Dark Horse comics, Star Wars. I think it happened in a couple books um, that there that there are, there are other galaxies out there. Um, I, I understand that like the Star Wars galaxy has like small dwarf galaxies that like rotate around it, but but there's like other galaxies beyond that and then there's usually an alien race that comes in in some story to attack and then they have that's like the new threat because they're they're sick of rebels versus empire um and so when i hear about them going to another galaxy i'm like ooh, it's it's one of those extra galactic alien race threats isn't it you know uh it, we possibly might get that because in the thrawn books the new ones 
apparently Thrawn's people in the Unknown Regions have been dealing with this, like, insane alien race that See, I think has the ability is, to shapeshift. This is what I'm, this is what I'm yeah. talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Like, it's been done, it's literally been done, like, six or seven times in, in like, Star Wars Extended Universe um, in some point, you know? Just because, like, ugh, you know, what? Who else are they going to fight? We got to introduce another, another enemy. But yeah, okay. So, well, well, but the stakes are really big in 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 Ahsoka because if Thrawn comes back, we all know that one person essentially can change the fate of the galaxy. Luke Skywalker was that deciding factor uh, in the whole Empire versus Rebels thing. So was Han Solo and his guys, but. That's the whole plot of the sequel trilogy, at least the first film. We got to get Luke Skywalker back. There's a map, and it leads us to Luke Skywalker, because if he comes back, then we can win this. It all rides on this mm, one guy. Mm, Same mm. with Thrawn. You know, Thrawn is an incredibly intelligent strategist, and if he comes back, he can whip every asshole into shape and get this thing back on track and fuck up the New Republic. Uh, once again, spicy take. This show... I'm maybe I'm I'm you know overshooting it because yeah. we only had two episodes, but this really was should have this is what should, what the sequel trilogy should have been about the heir to the end. <laughs> Ahsoka, yeah, Ahsoka You're tracking right. who were like you know, whoever's trying to bring back Thrawn, encountering Rey and Finn, joining forces with them, ultimately training Rey because it really should have been Rey and Ahsoka, not Sabine, because they have no relationship whatsoever. And I guess you can throw a plot in there of why Luke is missing. Because maybe he went to go look for Thrawn himself. Maybe Luke is, like, imprisoned. Throw in the Yasalamiri that can, you know, uh, remove force powers. Oh, you're, you're, every, everyone's favorite plot device, though. <laughs> the, the, the anti-force lizards, yes. The, uh, <laughs> the, the best Timothy Zahn uh, creation. <laughs> I mean, it's it's something like, but no, this but really yeah, should have been the sequel trilogy right here, not like, yeah, a, not a rehash of New Hope. This this feels like something new and grand on a bigger scale, right? There, so I I will say that that plot. Well, I have no problem with the plot. Like the plot seems very interesting. That everything's been set up kind of interesting. Um, like we you know we have a very interesting villain. This like you know this this odd witch with mysterious powers and interests. Uh, this this strange Jedi with or ex Jedi with 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 a dark and and mysterious past that we don't know about. His his apprentice who just she doesn't say anything, but man, the way she acts with those eyes, you're just like, oh my gosh, she's 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 like she's very interesting, you know. Like I'm mm. I'm I'm more fascinated, I'm more interested in the in the villains than I am in the in the in the heroes by far. Um, and you know, and then you know we have this like yeah interesting conflict of of an ex an ex master and apprentice like getting along. Like a lot of things are set up to be interesting. A, a droid that's. How many thousands of years old? Jesus, he, like. Huang is, uh, is. I think I'm saying his name right. Is 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 pretty old, and and he's played by David Tennant. By the way, you know yeah. Ray Stevenson who plays uh, Balin. I, I'm pretty sure he passed away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, he, um, yeah. The in the first episode, they, they, um, they, they're the after the after it ends, it says um, in, like in memory of our friend Ray. Did but you wait, that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You said Balin Greyjoy. What? No, I said. I who, said who, 
Balin. You said our friend Balin. Oh, 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 his name's Balin. Damn it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Balin no, I know. I know, I know, um, uh, um, Ray Stevenson because he was on Rome and he was great oh, in Rome. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I gotta get on that. Uh, it, it's kind of clever because, so Rome is, I mean, if you, when you watch Rome, you're going to be like, this is like, it's, it's a proto game of Thrones. Like mm. everything that they, they did for Rome, they kind of like took those techniques and ideas and just brought it over for game of Thrones. So, so Rome, um, it's one of the cute fun things in it is there in real life. There, there are two soldiers that, that Julius Caesar mentions in his in his history, his conquest of Gaul. And they're just like random. He just randomly mentions them, but they decide to make these characters. Um, like they decide to put them in the story and then they kind of, they kind of forest gump stumble their way through like the rest of Roman history. You know, they're they They get fired from the army and then they get hired as guards here. And then they go on like, you know, they, they always, they, the characters just keep going and it's, and it's just kind of fun, funny. And so like Ray Stevenson plays, plays one of them, like Titus mm. Pulo. Yeah. And, and so it's, um, that's, they're, they're kind of like the every man while like all of these other emperors and, and, and things are going on while they're like the every man. So it's kind of a, but yeah, he passed away. Um, we're not, we're not sure why. So, but yeah, he's, he, he's great, you know? Um, but, uh, but man, when we get to the heroes, they're just, their dialogue is just fucking abysmal and it's just yeah, the it's pacing whatever. of their dialogue is, is, is abysmal. It's just slow and boring. Second episode is better than the first, but, um, and I liked that. I, I really, I really liked the, um, the, the businessman that they go talk to. He was in house. You know yeah, 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 yeah. The house, the house doctor guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was great. He was great. He was really fun. He was so he, much more interesting than everybody else. He made a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> kind of true. He made a very good point about like, yeah, like these guys are just workers. They don't really care about politics. They just care who gets paid. True. And then they go up and uh, of course in the control center, everyone yeah. who's working there is like an imperial supporter for some reason and like it really is except like, for I, him yeah like all of his workers around him were like uh yeah totally no yeah i believe that he did not know and 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 when when they're all being arrested at the end of the day like Hera's like oh, i can't believe like you know this has been going on and ahsoka's like yeah greed will make you do that greed the guy yelled for the empire before empire. he attacked you <laughs> before he suicidally attacked you <laughs> yeah i mean that guy was Come a on. true believer <laughs> guy was a true believer i will say i kind of mm. like this running theme of corruption and decay and neglect that's happening in the new republic that kind of makes them seem a little bit like the empire we saw in mando yeah. we saw it in book of boba kind of and we're seeing it here that even though the New Republic is now in charge, it's getting a little difficult uh, taking care of all these minor issues that fester and become a huge problem. People, uh, yeah, but also like it's it's odd that they try to make that distinction. Like it's it's so in fiction they they like to portray um, uh, heroes as selfless and 
villains as greedy and self-interested. And at, the thing is, is in real life, there's plenty, there's plenty of of villains who are selfless. Like, you know, every suicide bomber is pretty damn selfless, right? Like every terrorist is pretty damn selfless. Like, you know, they 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 just believe in the cause. They're caught, they're deluded and nuts, but they believe in the cause, you know? Mm. Um and so it's weird how they portray that. Like like you couldn't believe that people would be into the empire like that, like deluded, you know? You know, like these people like throwing all of their money at uh, all of their money at at, at, at at like Trump's defense fund or something and like going bankrupt. Like, you know, like they're not being selfish. They, they're they being completely selfless. They're just, you know, being tricked. You know, it's the same with or the same with like, yeah, like, uh, re- you know, religious zealots or whatever. There's plenty of these villains who are selfless. So it's very odd that Ahsoka is like, oh, yeah, greed will do that. Like, like you can't, you can't, you know, like. You can't like. It's very odd, especially when the empire is supposed to be like a parallel to you know colonial powers like Nazis and and Americans too, because uh, it's George Lucas. But you know, as if like they didn't, they weren't, they weren't, you know, ideologues. Anyway, ah, <laughs> a weird line, a weird line. But, uh, no, like I said, overall, I do like it. I did like the two episodes a lot. A lot of it does have to do with nostalgia. A lot of it has to do with it looks very good. And uh, the potential here for this to be a, a very good Star Wars show is there. Because now, now it really, the show actually begins now. Of course, the first two episodes, people are going to be very lukewarm on it because it has to set everything up, which, okay, fine. Yeah. But everything has been set up. Going forward, no more setup. Let's get to the actual meat and potatoes of the entire show. Like I said, I liked everything. I thought the animatronics were great. I think the Loath Cat, that's what that thing is called, the Loath Cat. Oh, it looked fantastic. The Loath Cat looked, looked fantastic. Looked great. The 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 droid, Huang, he looked fucking phenomenal. Oh Practical oh, effects. Yes, yes, yes. No, and, and I was even like looking at, at Ahsoka's like makeup and her like weird slimy tentacles they looked they looked they looked good they looked fine you know um the the uh yeah i mean all the pieces are here for a really fantastic show you know we have a rich setting we have characters with with rich backstories we have a lot of mysteries um we have a unique plot that star wars has not done um and you know all the pieces are there I just, I just wish it had better dialogue. I just wish it had better dialogue. Fair. That's, that's the, fair. That's the big thing, you know. So, I, I guess it's it. It was not bad. It was not bad. I would say it wasn't fantastic. It wasn't great, but it, it has a lot of potential. It's not Andor, but I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's better than Mando. You know, which Mando? I, Season one, two, or three? I think all I think all three. I think it's better than I think so far it's better like what I, you forget when we first watched Mando, like those first couple episodes where it's just like him talking to Pig Boy and, <laughs> and, and, and like you know, and stuff and you're just how slow it was and how nothing went and like nothing happened. You know, and, and you know, it's it's Mandalorian is slow too. And Mandalorian has really has really clunky dialogue too. So it's um, 
you know, I will say it's better than Mandalorian. Um, and people love Mandalorian, so I think they should. I think a lot of people should be loving Ahsoka. Uh, like I said, I think Ahsoka and Mando season two, which I really like, Mando season two, will be fighting it out for the second best Star Wars show. Because once again, nothing will top Andor. Nothing I wonder, will top. Nothing will top Andor. Yeah. I would be pleasantly surprised <laughs> if Andor season two tops Andor season one, but with the writer strike going on, I don't know what that. Who knows if Who knows like. if Andor season two will happen? Yeah. Yeah, or oh, I'm man. sure it'll happen, but I don't know when, and I don't know how the writers and actor strike will affect it because there's a writer and actor strike going on right now. So right. Uh, well, you know, Dave, Dave Filoni is is striking as a writer, and um, Rosario Dawson is. St- striking as an actor so you know um they 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 need their uh they're part of they're on the picket lines it's it's a real shame they didn't give feloni and i understand why they wouldn't give it to him but it's a shame they didn't give feloni the keys to the kingdom for the sequel trilogy and i and i get why like he was still relatively untested he was he was like in the middle of like clone wars and blah 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 blah. but honestly this is his turn to shine and to show them, like, yeah, you should have given it to me. Because once again, like, we have the same stuff we always have in every Star Wars film. We have the MacGuffin. This new MacGuffin in yeah. Ahsoka, I hope they go into more detail to explain, like, why it does this thing and why they know about it. They kind of did in Episode mm-hmm. 2, but they might just gloss over it. I just hate when they introduce <clears throat> a MacGuffin and it's never, yeah. like, gone into detail. And the biggest offender of the MacGuffin not really being explained that well and why it does what it does is the one in Rise of Skywalker. The dagger, Ochi's dagger, why it like shows exactly where the wreckage of the Death Star is and where to go and how to go there and where to look specifically. That was ridiculous and unexplained. Like, as ridiculous as it was, if they explained it, it would have been more palatable, Mm -hmm. but no, just no. So this is this is what I I mean I do really like uh Dave Filoni and Filoni um he kind of has the perfect balance of so if you approach material with a little too much reverence like nothing new is going to happen you're never going to break new ground you're never going to introduce some crazy character you're never going to take a risk but if you go in with no reverence you know you you end up just destroying everything so it's like you know so there's like you know Ryan Johnson destroy the universe kind of stuff um of 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 last jedi and then there's um i would say uh um um mandalorian where like not too much like there's nothing new done you know you're not you're not you're not make you're not shit like making any huge waves in the universe um you're just picking this like one culture the mandalorians and like writing some backstory to it and even that it was not heavily influenced by dave filoni's like uh stuff because it was his writing of of the backstory right from from uh the cartoons some of it yeah and i'm sure some of it was from like the books and the expanded universe that came before him yeah so like you know filoni he, he he's willing to he's willing to invent new characters you know like he's willing to go in there and say you know what Anakin Skywalker had a had a freaking uh, Padawan, you know. And you're like, really? What? Yeah, that's right. And she would, she was, she would flip around with two lightsabers, and everybody hated her. And you know, like, okay, you know, he he, he went and put in time travel, right? He put in time travel, didn't he? 
Yes, he did. Time travel. Yeah, yeah. So the guy takes some risks. So the time travel he put in, it's not really time travel, but it is, but it's not, but it is, but it's not. Um, Do you want me to go into it? It's it's a whole fucking thing. Uh, I know that like that that battle between Ahsoka and Vader is like the moment, right? And like Ezra like pulls. So he doesn't, out of the... he doesn't go back yeah. in time. He goes into a time lobby where everything that has ever happened or will happen is happening in this lobby. And there are portals to it. And Ezra is watching the battle between Ahsoka and Vader and she's about to lose. And he's like, no! And he reaches out and grabs her, pulls her out of that time. And they're in that time lobby together. And then they eventually leave that time lobby because it's where it is. It's like a, like a area. And for all of Rebels, she's like, she survived that? She like went out of time, then back into time? It's really weird, but I think if you're going to do time travel, I guess that's what it is. It's kind of time She was in the time lobby. She was in the time lobby. So there was no changing, there was no changing of the timeline. It was just that she was able to be plucked out of time at some point. And then put back in. Put back in somewhere else, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. By the way, I, I'm glad you mentioned like when Ahsoka first appeared. So this is her appearance when she first appeared. Uh, granted, George Lucas drew her, or George Lucas had a, like a big mm. uh, influence on who she is. And uh, here's right. How... I understand that like he and Dave Filoni like kind of uh, uh, like sat down and did that stuff. Yeah, they they yeah. also disagreed yeah, on this, and uh, eventually, oh. I guess George Lucas took a backseat role, and he just fucked off, and Dave Filoni came in and gave her more clothes. This is something I've noticed about the old guard when it comes to uh, putting women in things. They always need to have them dress very skimpy for some reason. I'm reminded mm. of uh, Gene mm. Roddenberry and Star Trek with how he did uh, Deanna Troy. Oh, sure. Yeah. If the other well, the I mean, in the original skirt. in the original series, all the all the women had had skirts. Um, yeah, no, yeah. So yeah, no, that's funny. So so what 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 Carmine is showing me is that when Ahsoka first appeared, she uh, had she uh, she had a um she had a tube top. Like like not even not even just not even a, a tank top, a tube top. Like she's she essentially has a sports bra, and that is her outfit is a sports bra. And then over time, the sports bra becomes a tank top, and then the tank top becomes a sleeveless uh, t- shirt, and then the then the her her arm bands start covering up her arms. As uh, that's as all, Filoni doing that. Around. Like George Lucas put out the yeah. what he wanted the character to look like, and then Filoni came in and clothed her over time, which is great. But this is something like I've noticed the old guard likes to do. They like to, uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, l- yeah. now look, I I have no problem with like I'm I, I'm no prude, and I think that like you know there's nothing there's nothing wrong with with like showing uh character's skin, but there should be some sort of like equity to it. Like if it's not practical. You shouldn't do it. Like, and, and, and if the men aren't doing it, the women, you know, then the mm-hmm. women shouldn't do it either. So, like, the Jedis are, are running around in these, like, big bulky cloaks and shit. Like, why is she running around in a sports bra? Like, that doesn't make any sense, right? <laughs> um, you know, but at the same time, you don't want her, you know, whatever, dressed in a burqa. Uh, so, like, <laughs> you know, you want, you want, what 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 she should be dressed in is what outfit fits the weather 
and her fighting and is comfortable to fight in, you know? So, uh, you know, so I don't know. I mean, she's, she's got some flowy. She's still showing her shoulders though. (laughs) I guess, you know, it's fine, but uh, it's kind of funny. Overall, we, we both enjoyed the show. I'm, I'm very optimistic it was, it was, yeah, it was fine. It was fine. I just thought it was, I thought it was a little slow and had some clunky dialogue, but it has, it has, it's very well directed and it's well acted and it, um, there's a lot of potential there. Mm-hmm. And, um, when the villains are on screen or when Sabina's on screen, it, it, the show seems to work. Though I think the Hera character is also pretty good. Yeah. Hera is pretty good. Right. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm pleasantly I'm pleasantly surprised and excited for where we're gonna go. But uh, yeah, that is all for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.